0: Awesome. Welcome back. I'm Taylor Edmondson.
1: I am Paul Torres.
0: And this is Panhandle Fight Talk.
1: Yes, it is. What's up, dude?
0: Not a lot. I am still heated. Dude, so... I am heated.
1: Okay, but, but to start off, UFC 273 was outstanding. Like, there was so much that went on that was... I mean, there was drama, there was not, like... There was such good fights that happened. There weren't knockouts, but there were such good fights that happened. Um, I'm super excited to talk about. First off, I mean, if you want to get into the drama of everything. Oh, yeah, it's a lot better.
0: Yeah, there we go. Yeah,
1: okay. Um, yeah, we're we'll still, still playing with the new toys. Um, the uh, the fight between – I mean, which, which one do you want to talk about first?
0: So I want to do a quick shout-out. To old man Rivers, who got a first round chokeout, yeah, of uh, Alexei yes, 44 years old, gets a first round chokeout on Jared Vander Vander and Olenek. Alexei Olinik, right, the Russian snake, yes, and lived up to his name. He got beat around majority of the first round and then came back and just oh, out of nowhere got a takedown. Oh,
1: I missed that fight.
0: Yeah, you did. Oh. Took his back and choked him out. It's It was the last fight on the early prelim, so, I mean, it was early, early. We're talking 6 o'clock.
1: Okay. So, yeah, that's you missed why... missed it by, like, three hours. Hey, can you turn my headphones down just a little bit? You're kind of loud in my ear. Yeah, that's better. Okay. So, yeah, I missed that fight and didn't even realize I had missed it until about... Two days ago and I'm I'm like scrolling through social media and I see Olenek get the choke and I'm like, I know this guy. When was this? And it was two seventy three and I completely missed it.
0: Yeah. So you did miss it and then womp, womp. we had a nasty knockout in the prelims. Mike Mallow or Mallot, however you say it, knocked out Mickey Gall. Caught Mickey Gall when he was coming in and he just face stove. Knocked out by the edge. um. Nice. Nice. And we had the next Conor McGregor pick up a unanimous decision win. Ian. Ian Gary. Ian over Gary. Over Darian Weeks, which you were there for that one. And yeah, I saw that one. I don't think Gary won. No, I don't know. I think they gave it to him based upon the hype. You think so, though? I, th- I think they handed him a win based upon hype.
1: I mean, I don't, I don't like to think that there's that much conspiracy that goes on. However, I will put my tinfoil hat on every once in a while. I didn't like – I don't – I mean, Ian, he's a – He's a He's a kid. He's a kid. He's going to develop. You never know. I mean, he's also one of those – but I'm talking about his fighting style. Like, he definitely has an awareness of pointing people. Um, And so he might be one of those types of people where he just – he was able to outpoint him. He did, in fact, win the fight. He looked good. I mean, he came out looking good. He was throwing heat.
0: He did. He just didn't look like the dominant presence that everyone was expecting to see. Well,
1: he's not the next Conor McGregor. I mean, they're 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 but lining he built him up. himself up that way. Well, they're lining. It. I think yes, they are. But he's so young. I mean, they're lining him up to be the next Conor McGregor. Yeah, like that's the way they're promoting him. So it's not all on him.
0: And I'm chalking that one up for me, at least, the first questionable decision that the judges made that
1: night. That night. Okay.
0: Yeah, and we're gonna get there. <laughs> Yeah. So then pre uh main card started. You had Vince Paschel or you're calling him Vink Pickle. Yeah, Mr. Pickle. Yeah, Mr. Pickle. <laughs> he lost to Mark Matson. Um it was a good fight. It was a really good fight. A lot of these fights like Paul said went to decision, but they were very good battles.
1: Was Mr. P- Pickle was the one that looked like he was like the strong man in a barbershop quartet. Or yes. like he was like, hur, yes. hur, hur, Yeah, that's Vince Fishel right he's there. A, like he he's a very brawny man. Yeah. Like he would, he should have been boxing with his knuckles out and,
0: and Mark Matson, he stayed undefeated. He's silver medal wrestler, and he's somebody to kind of watch out for in the lightweight division. The lightweight division is stacked, but he's gonna be on the bottom side of those rankings and he's just dangerous. He doesn't give up. And that's what impressed me in that fight is he didn't give up against Vince, who was killing him with the jab. Yeah, yeah. I the do. jab combos were outrageous on that.
1: Yeah, that was a good fight though. I, I was glad to see that they were. Uh, you know, it was just it was it was a good fight. But I didn't really know the two dudes, so it was like a good it was a good like little appetizer before the main events. the The big big main events because yeah. we had three fights on this card, and all three were exciting to watch.
0: And that's what we're getting into now. Yeah. The fourth fight was Mackenzie Dern over Tish Torres in split decision. Yeah. It was a good fight, but it's a chick fight. Mackenzie Dern's now top five in her weight class. Yeah. Could potentially get a title shot, but she's not beating Finchenko. It's not happening. Yeah. But now, the absolute fight of the night happened Dude. next. Dude, Um, let's recap our predictions on this. Yes, and okay, so we watched
1: we watched at Buffalo Wild Wings. So we were like in a crowded place. It made a
0: difference, didn't it? Oh, absolutely. Watching it at a location rather than at a house, like the energy that we were feeding off of, absolutely was there.
1: Yeah, and And the beers and the beers weren't that warm. They weren't for Buffalo Wild Wings.
0: (laughs) They weren't that bad. I'm definitely.
1: Our waitress, okay, so our waitress was actually had a good...
0: Sense of humor.
1: Yeah, she had a good sense of humor, and uh, I know we're getting sidetracked a little bit, uh, so let's let's get back, but then we'll also talk about our experience at yeah. Buffalo Wild We'll get there, because yes. that's
0: a memorable night. You that know, was a, it so was a very was night. Before the fights were there. Yes, so, so our predictions were... Mine was Gilbert Burns winning in the second round.
1: Yeah, I had Hamzat, and then right before the fight started, I did a side bet. Because, we did a side bet because we had we had a uh, it was a beer bet on, yeah. the, on the fight, and I saw how Hamzat was coming out, and I was like, "That's right, he is going to come out guns blazing." I Dude, bet he gets him in the first round.
0: And, how cold blooded was Hamzat during Gilbert Burns' walkout? Though you have oh, the yeah. green going through the crowd, yeah. in the stands and everything. You got Gilbert Burns coming out to his own music, yeah, and Hamzat's just sitting on top of the cage waiting. Do he, he raced, just like he's
1: over there? He raced his <laughs> his uh, security. To the octagon. Yeah. Like he got out in front of his security detail and tried to get into the octagon before his security could yeah. like, get there. Um yeah. Then he gets into the octagon, climbs on the side of it, and watches Gilbert walk in sitting while he's already sitting on the side on the top of the octagon fence.
0: Yeah. Just sitting there waiting for him to come out. Loved it. That's what scared me. Loved it. Leading him running out all that. Yeah. No. Whenever you're that cold blooded to sit on top of the cage. I knew we were going to be in for a show, and I was afraid I was going to owe Paul two beers right there, because I thought, yeah, this dude is there. He's in the zone, and he's there.
1: So just just like we predicted, Hamzak comes out round one, guns blazing. He lets his hands go. He's got that sweet jab. He's throwing that the counter left, like he is. He's swinging for the fences, and Gilbert Burns. Not only defends, but is able to fire back. He does drop Gilbert at one point. He did in the and, first round. And really tries to finish it. And and Gilbert's able to survive whether the storm comes out in the second round. And they go to war.
0: And Gilbert... So that first round, Hamzat lands a big right. Yeah. Drops Gilbert Burns. You see him not looking good. No. At all. Somehow, Gilbert Burns is able to keep Hamzat off from on top of him. Yeah. Gets him into his guard and has sick jiu-jitsu roll mm-hmm. that Hamza hadn't seen before. That's the world champion coming out with Gilbert Burns on the ground. Survives the round and goes to the second round and then Burns gets his jab right hook going and rocks Hamzat. Drops yeah, Hamzat. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it doesn't drop him. Wobbles him. Like, he well, he dropped he him,
0: but... Dropped him right at the end, but it was yeah, almost yeah. like a shove knockdown. Yeah. Wait, No. When
1: was the – okay, so if that's, if that's what happened at the end of the second, what – at one point they were grappling and Gilbert kicked him in the chest into the fence.
0: That was Hamzat. So that was the second round. Yeah. After Gilbert Burns got the knockdown of Hamzat, Gilbert Burns went in to try to get there and Hamzat like straight up kicks Gilbert Burns in the chest into the cage. Hamzat was on his back. Kicks Gilbert Burns back into the cage and just shoved him.
1: Okay. And, yeah. So, yeah, not only, but, I mean, so Gilbert's throwing heat. Hamza's throwing heat. They are swinging for the fences.
0: And as soon as it looks like one man had a slight advantage, the other one would would, answer back and null it out. It was a war for 15 minutes. They
1: turned it up so fast. Yeah.
0: And I will say, Hamzat looked better after the full 15 minutes than Gilbert Burns did. Gilbert looked gassed. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, he, was, he And he was, they both,
1: their faces looked chewed up.
0: Yeah, they were. I mean, this was a war. This is fight of the night, my fight of the year so far, and it's going to be really hard to beat this fight for me throughout this year. It's going to have to take a barn burner to beat this one. Um, Hamzat proved himself, though. He he proved he's that guy, um, and man, so we're sitting there at B Dub's, the crowd is losing it, and then we have our first title fight in the bantamweight division. After that,
1: whoa! But I mean, so the results the results
0: were. Oh, I, I was wrong. Hamzat won by Hamzat won by decision. It was a unanimous decision. Yeah, it was a 29-28 decision in Hamzat's favorite. Right. Favorite.
1: Which which. Looked good. Um, you know, Hamzat, his his commentary after the fight was that he let his hands go, tried to get him out in the first, wasn't able to do it, um, wound up getting caught a few times. So he I think he felt some power. He felt he got hit a lot harder than he thought he was going to get hit. He wasn't able to put Gilbert out like he thought he was going to be able to put Gilbert out. He was surprised that he survived his best shots. And came back, and I think that was a good welcome into the top ranks of the UFC, where I think he belongs. But now he's got a good idea of just who he's up against
0: and how level they are, and it only gets yeah. harder with Covington and Uzman above him now. Dude, and
1: his, his next fight, I think, is Covington, and yeah,
0: it's I'm I'm excited. Get for it. ready because I am pumped.
1: Covington's already talking trash. Um, Hamzat's going to take it personal. They are going to go to war.
0: And one thing that we took away from that fight is we don't want to be friends with Hamzat and go hang out with him. After the fight, they're hugging each other and everything. Like, great war, you know, showing the sportsmanship. Hamzat's just beating the crap out of Gilbert Burns. I mean, smacking him all over the head. Just smacking the crap out of him after the fight. He's definitely would be one of those guys that you go and hang out with. And they're the ones that, like... It turns a little playful shoving, and he just rocks your arm and puts your arm to sleep.
1: Well, no, he headbutted him. Like he, he definitely yeah, headbutted he him. Did head-butt him. And then it was, uh, no, it was at it was at the end of the second round because they were still was, they were Hamzat swung on him because as they were because they were they were grappling, and then as they were grappling, the bell hit like they in end of the second round and gilbert kind of pushed him away and hamza didn't like him pushed away him. so he slapped him after the round. after the round like was four over 4 or
0: 5 seconds after the round
1: yeah yeah it was very clearly after like he he was just like no i'm not going to let you get away with that um
0: is that mine yeah paul has an alarm going off here i think it's him tell his alarm to tell him to wake up and not have a nap anymore so, let's enjoy the Apple music.
1: Okay. First of all, I will never not take a nap if there's one available. So, you just
0: get that out of your head right now. Never taking a nap if it's not available. If it's not available, I'm never
1: passing up it on a nap.
0: Yeah, so at the second round, at the end, Gilbert Burns like almost kicked Hamzat when Hamzat was down on the ground. They get up, they have that little shove. And four or five seconds afterwards, Homsok just slaps Gilbert Burns right across the face. Yeah, with so it. They,
1: were, they, were, they were definitely getting after it. Um. Yeah, so there was it was a great fight. And, dude, I, I thought he was out. That shot that he took in the first round dude, I thought it was, was over. so clean.
0: And there was like, I think that was, what, three and a half minutes into the first round? There was still a minute, minute and a half left. Yeah, something. I mean, it, he had enough it time. It felt like an eternity. Yeah. For Gilbert Burns to try to survive that first round, and
1: so anyways, so the round, man. so the the match ends, um, and this is before we found out who the winner was. Everybody in B Dubs is clapping, like we're all going nuts. Like I think at least two or three times during that fight, I looked across the table at you, and was just like, "Dude, this is one of the greatest fights." Yeah, like I just there was there there was so much excitement happening consistently, and they were. Both of them – Hamzat was definitely letting his hands go, but Gilbert was not being a slouch either, and they went after it.
0: This one honestly reminded me of the Stephen Bonner and um, Forrest Griffin fight at the very early UFC that got UFC kind of kick-started after Dana White took it over. And this was that same type of war – very, very good. Both guys wanted to go in there and they wanted to swing and bang. And they did. And I, I'm i just at a loss of words. I still am about this fight. I didn't know how to explain or express myself instant the classic. It was an instant classic. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And, and, and because their stakes were so high, I was so much on the line. So Hamzat won, didn't get him out of the first. The beer bet was a wash.
0: Yeah. Well, I owe you one because Hamzat won. But the finish is a wash, so I still owe you one beer, because Burns lost Hamzat one.
1: No, but I bet you that Hamzat would get him out in the first. Oh, so you won that one. So it's a wash. It's a wash.
0: Hey. Yeah. I don't owe Paula beer.
1: <laughs> Big dubs. See, I could have I could have hustled you and t- still gotten the beer. You could I'm have. Honest.
0: You you really could have. And yeah, I could see this one going into a fight hall of fame. Based upon the fight that got inducted that night with Pettis and Ramirez, this one I put above that one. It it's that level of a fight, and once it gets released on ESPN Plus, I ten out of ten, hundred out of a hundred recommend watching it. It man, I cannot say enough about that fight. Yeah, well, I mean,
1: so Hamzat he's so long, like his arms are so long. He's able to get those sniper punches, in. he's able to control the cage, control his distance, you know, bridge the gap, get in, get out, punch, and then get out of the way. And he's like a great wrestler and he's so tough. Those are very dangerous weapons to have. But Gilbert, because he was at one, because he's so tough. I mean, Gilbert's a short little stocky dude. Um, Clearly very tough. And, yeah, he's able to get you in trouble if you get on the ground. They got on the ground a few times and Gilbert – Looked good. and He didn't look like he was neutralizing everything Hamzat had, but he was able to kind of put him in positions to where he wasn't able to do everything he wanted to do.
0: And he wasn't outmatched. No, he wasn't out, He wasn't
1: outclassed, and he was also able to put his knuckles on Hamzat's chin. Which is si- important to note. In a significant way, several times. In
0: Hamzat's entire career... He had landed 252 strikes and only been hit twice. His UFC career. Yeah, he fought before this. I'm aware. I'm aware okay. he fought before this. We're not trying to inflate the stats here, Mister. I'm uh, just saying that's what those were the prominent stats that were flying around. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that he hasn't been touched in his UFC career?
1: Yes, they had said that
0: up until that point, and he got hit. He got hit. Eight a hundred and nineteen significant strikes, but delivered a hundred and eight of his own uh, it was two or three for takedowns I mean I think the takedowns is what won the fight for him, but it was a it was a war absolute war yeah
1: instant classic great fight highly recommend it
0: and then we have the next fight
1: and then we had aljo versus Peter Yan. the paper champ versus I don't know. Peter we don't. I don't have a good nickname for him. Yeah. My bad. The robot. Uh, the... I don't know. Yeah. Definitely not champion. No. 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 And, okay. We can just go ahead and go right off the bat. Aljo wins this one by decision. Um, split decision. Split decision. He he wins by split decision. Never leave a championship up to... Judges. The judges. Re- the judges. At, at any point in time. And... That's what happened. I don't 100% agree with the decision, but I also didn't... I mean, I did make the observation that Peter Jan likes to come out with the same tactics for every fight, especially when it's a five-round fight. He comes out with the first round and just... He puts pressure, but he doesn't capitalize on that pressure. He doesn't take advantage of it. He doesn't bridge the gap and go in, and that's what he was doing. He was counterpunching Aljo, trying to see what he's going to do, feeling him out. But... You got to remember, this is a dude that's done nothing but dream about you for the past year. And ducked. And ducked for the past year. Ducked everything until he felt like he was ready. And he had a clear game plan and he executed it. And he was able to neutralize a lot of Peter Jan's um, attacks. He was able to neutralize a lot of the ground or a lot of the stand up game, get to his ground game where Aljo clearly had the advantage. And this is the UFC. You have to have strong ground defense if you want to win. And once he locked that body triangle on, there was no unlocking it. Or at least Peter Yan didn't have the skills to unlock it. And that's where he was able to control not only the pace of the fight, he was able to win rounds. Um, and it made it close. And then you just leave it up to the judges. Now, Dana White has disagreed with, like, publicly, immediately after disagreeing with what the judges um, how they handled it um, he disagreed with the judge's decision and that's dana white you know but at the end of the day if you leave it up to the judges the judges are gonna do screwy stuff and so just don't leave it up to the judges and i think peter Jan, he shouldn't have been in
0: there like it's business as usual he should have gotten in there with a vengeance he had Aljo. he did and that's what got him in trouble what do you mean in the second and third round, that's what got him in trouble. And we'll walk through this round by round. But he went out there and uh, Belil Muhammad even said that Aljo was fighting smart. Aljo was fighting very weak and defensive. Yeah, but he's scoring, he's scoring. So he's longer. Peter Yawn was fighting with anger. Right, right. Is what is what Bilal said. And what Aljo- And that anger left him open for those takedowns, which ultimately lost him that fight. When
1: Aljo, I mean, he he won by, and we said this during the fight, he's a loophole fighter. He knows all the rules. He's going to. Loophole
0: fighter is the perfect word.
1: (laughs) He's going to find the loophole in how to defend, and he's going to exploit that to get more points and win. That's how he won.
0: Yeah, so let's walk through this round by round. Okay,
1: Round. Okay. so round one.
0: So round one, Peter Jan, has complete control of the ring. Walks him down. Algermain Sterling's just circling out and circling around the ring and barely touching him. I mean, not even throwing a jab, it's more so sticking his hand out there and touching him. Yeah. Peter Yawn lands a couple shots. It's pretty much a wash, but I gave round one to Peter Yawn because he controlled the ring. Yeah, he did. Okay. Algermaine Sterling had more touches, but Peter Yawn controlled the ring. There was no damage dealt by either fighter. Um, Peter Yon also defended, I don't know how many takedowns it was in that first round, but he defended a couple takedowns in the first round too. Um, then we go to the second round. Um, Peter Yon starts to feel a little more comfortable, leaves himself, slips, throws a kick, slips and falls. Yeah. And Algermain gets on his back with the body triangle and does nothing except lay there for five minutes with his hands being held. Does nothing. There were zero submission attempts by Al Jermaine Sterling this entire fight. And he sat there for five minutes in the second round, not doing anything or advancing anything, just sitting with the body triangle. Third round starts, same thing happens. Al Jermaine Sterling gets in a body triangle, doesn't try a submission attempt, just sits there. And that's on the ref, too, for not breaking it up. Whenever nothing was being advanced, nothing was happening on the ground.
1: Well, he was working, though.
0: No, he wasn't. He was getting his hands held. If you don't try to at least a single submission tip and ten minutes of ground control, that deserves to be stood up.
1: That's not that's not the way it goes. You have to stall. You have to literally not be doing. He it.
0: was when Peter if, was if, sitting there with his hands under here, just looking at the ref for thirty seconds, going, "What are we doing?"
1: Right, but that is why it's dangerous. Because one of the reasons why they don't is because taking someone's back and having that advantageous position, you have to work real hard to get there, and it's so advantageous at. Any moment that fight could have been over. Like at any moment, he could have whipped around, gotten a neck crank, gotten under his chin, and the fight's over. So the ref's not gonna stop that because that is that's giving that's giving that's forcing a fighter to give up a huge advantage that they worked hard to get to. But the he other, wasn't the, advancing the other, it. Okay, he, he was, wasn't even attempting to advance he it. He was a little bit. Like he was throwing his arm around and they were hand fighting, but Peter Jan was stronger, so he was able to defend it very well. But that doesn't mean – that's not enough. He was doing enough to where the ref wouldn't determine that there wasn't anything going on. There was action going on. And that's why we don't like him as a loophole fighter because he uses that to his advantage where as long as you stay busy, they're not going to stand you up. They've never stood – they're not going to stand somebody up in there unless they are completely stalled in a position. And they weren't. They were hand fighting, but hand fighting is still staying busy.
0: So second round ends with – Aljamain Sterling in a body triangle. That was second and third round both end that way. Yep. Fourth round starts. Peter Young comes out. He's starting to land shots. Algermain slips maybe, but it's laying down on the ground, keeping himself down, where Peter Young can't do anything. And you so could to, tell to he be, was doing that on purpose. So to yeah to be clear he, he was
1: do, on his hands and knees. He was doing that thing where. It, yeah, he's on his hands and knees. He's ducking. It's It looks like a duck under. It looks like he's trying to change levels. And to a certain extent, they are. There's an opening for an Iminari roll. There's an opening for um, like just a single leg. But they are. You, you get low. You, your opponent can't really kick you. You can't kick. You can't hit because, because
0: your head's too low. Because you're quote-unquote You can't down. do anything. You're in a fetal position on the ground. Not the fetal. Face-down fetal position.
1: He's, he's in the he's in a bear crawl position fetal position is different, but he's in a bear crawl position and he, you know, he's, he's ducking around and I, I mean, I've seen, um, Charles Oliveira pull that same move
0: off against Michael Chandler. I uh, it's, but it's active. It's not him dropping and staying there like Al was. I mean,
1: I'll show you the move. Uh, Oliveira, Oliveira did something similar, but, but then,
0: he, he shot on it where Al didn't. No, he
1: didn't he didn't shoot when he he tried it. He he took the it's a it's a jiu jitsu move. Like that's the biggest um Whatever. That's, that's, fru- that's the biggest frustration though is when you have a jiu-jitsu guy against a striker, the jiu jitsu guy knows that if he stands in banks with this dude, he's gonna lose, and so he has to sit there and play with him until he gets his openings. And Aljo's a very strong Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He is combatant like he he got to the top ranks for a reason he knows how to pick his openings he knows how to find those openings and he was able to do that to a certain level against peter yawn but you're right he couldn't finish it off he couldn't pull a triangle or arm bar or get the rear naked choke but it was enough to control the fight
0: and then so fourth round peter yawn wins i mean he's tagging yeah. sterling all around the place yeah he, he was it, able to stuff he was it.
1: able to stuff enough takedown attempts to where he was able to continue to cause damage and that caused Peter Yon to kind of get a little bit of momentum. And then Aljo had to kind of think twice before he went and changed levels on him. But that's just and kind then
0: of fifth round starts. Yeah. Same way. Aljamain does the same thing. Yeah. And then Peter Yawn advances, stands him up. It's called a game plan. And dude. you had a game plan. I'm not one for reactive rule changes, but this one I think should be changed on a doubt on the definition of downed opponent. So Aljamain Sterling is standing up on his feet, bent over with his hand touching the ground, and that's deemed a downed opponent. So that prevents, it's essentially a three-point stance, a standing three-point stance, and that prevents Peter Yawn from kicking the head and he can only punch it. That should be changed from a downed opponent, in my opinion. It should be knees, if your knee's on the ground, you're downed. A hand just dangling on the ground touching it shouldn't be defined as a downed opponent. Why not? Because then it's loophole fighting again. And you want to avoid that, loophole fighting. That, that's not going to get rid of loophole fighting. It's going to be a step in that process.
1: Okay, but another name for loophole fighting is just tactics. It's knowing the rules and knowing how to work those rules into your fight plan. That's no. that's, that's literally, that's, yeah, that's fight IQ, bro. That's having a high fight IQ. That's having somebody. It's not
0: wanting to fight. No, That's what you,
1: gets me. But you can't get in the octagon and and say someone doesn't want to fight. Like they're, do, Anybody that goes into that octagon is okay with fighting. There they're, is a clear difference tactics.
0: between Aljamain Sterling and every other ground guy in the UFC. Chalo, Charles Oliveira tries submissions. If he gets anything, he's attempting submissions. Islam Makhachev tries submissions. Even in the war that was Gilbert Burns and Hamza Shemaiv. Hamzat tried submissions whenever he was on the ground. They look to finish a fight, and they aren't content with just laying there. He's a very passive fighter that isn't looking to fight. He's looking to win on points, and the same reason why I don't like Corey Sandhagen either. It's the exact same way.
1: Okay, but they have studied the rules. They have done the homework. They are, they have their fight. Um, they have their strategy. They have their fight plan. They have their game plan. They go in there with a solid game plan. And if you want to stop that, you need to know the rules. And I mean, this is the argument about Peter Jan all over again is like, if he had known the rules, he wouldn't have needed him in the head and would have won the fight outright.
0: And I get that. But if you are a fighter going to a fight with a game plan of not trying to get a finish, there's something that can't be had. I think every fighter, whenever they go into that ring, should have a game plan to get a finish and not just give up on it and halfway through a second round like Al did. Well, some of them, felt some felt like them don't, won the first three rounds some, some, and some set of, on it.
1: Some of them don't want to get hit in the head a bunch of times, and they're thinking about their fight career, and they're like, okay, well, like, let's see if we can get this one without going to war and getting too much damage. And yeah, Al-J- Aljo has that tendency, um, but he's had success with it in the past, and, and he felt that it would get him success again, and it did. So... I'm okay with him not being, now, now, I, I, I'm okay with I cannot with stand this. I'm, I'm okay. okay
0: with the decision. I'm okay with I the decision. Because I can kind of see it. I'm not a fan of the fight or how Al Jermaine Sterling went about that fight.
1: I'm okay and with it. that's
0: why I want to see him get absolutely wrecked. Oh, same. I cannot stand him. Yeah. And if it wasn't for a title fight, I wouldn't watch any more of his fights.
1: Okay, same. Like, I'm I'm, I'm there with you. I've been there ever since uh, Peter Jan kneed him in the head a year ago. But he – I gave him a little bit of credit because it was like, you know what? Peter Yan had the opportunity to, to push the pace, to make him work, to make him miss, and he wasn't able to do that.
0: He had the opportunity, but any time he got that, Al Jermaine would go into a loophole in the rule and just put his hand down on the ground saying – I'm downed, you can't touch me.
1: Dude, so many fight like I, I can point out so many other fighters that do that. That's that's just a strategy. That's knowing the rules and having
0: And it may be that I'm heated, but I have not seen that. Well calm down. I I can't. I hate <laughs> this dude. Like Okay, I was heated leading into the main card and then I got real happy and then I got I think heated
1: again. I think you're still upset because of NASCAR, bro. No. Like, I think it's because of the NASCAR. Maybe. I show up, so for anybody listening, I showed oh. up. And for summer, it's our buddy Hunter, our buddy Clay.
0: So me and Hunter got there early because we were starving.
1: And Taylor. And there are, there's a few beers that have been, not been drinking. There's some snacks on the table and there's, Taylor is just, he looks like I'm someone. I'm fuming. It looks so like sweat someone.
0: coming off of my bald head, like steam coming off of my Looks bald like
1: head. someone pissed in his Cheerios. And I'm like, what is going on? They've got NASCAR up on the big screen all around, and they've got the UFC fights going, the prelims going like on one or two small screens, and you guys are losing your minds over all the NASCAR stuff
0: going on. (laughs) So Hunter and I show up there first, okay? We get there about 5.30. We're watching the fights. We get our food. We request the fights to be put on. They said they're streaming it because it's ESPN plus only for early Mm prelims. 7 o'clock they'll move it over. I'm like... Cool, it's whatever. I'm drinking beer. I'm having a good time. And this one old man comes in, sits down at the bar, and they put NASCAR on for that old fucker. And it's on the speakers. It's on all the big screens. It's everywhere. He enjoys NASCAR. And he leaves. Yeah. 7 o'clock rolls around, and it's still on NASCAR. Even though we were there first, requested it. Our request should be over his. He leaves at 7.30. The guy who requested it. Leaves at 7.30. The, dude, the squeaky wheel gets the oil, man. He asked, and he got what he wanted. Then, come to find out, it's the damn bartender there that's watching the freaking NASCAR race instead of what the everybody in that bar was asking for the UFC. And they don't change it over until the main card starts. So, we're over there watching 200 laps of them talking about car racing. I would have rather listened to Kids Bop. I actually requested that we play Kids Bop for our waitress. Like ask our waitress if they could turn on Disney Radio or Kids Bop or anything.
1: Our waitress was really nice though. She was.
0: Our waitress was phenomenal. She understood what was going on. She just had no power with the bartenders there. The bartenders there will put on whatever they want to watch and say piss on everyone else. And they're like the ones that want to watch the sports that aren't really cool because they think that's cool. So. But Taylor, yeah.
1: like, here's here's my to my point though is. When you're, when you're that you want, when you're yeah. that vocal about something you don't like, people are going to start messing with you. Okay, so like the lady that was sitting right next to us at the table, yeah, she
0: started messing. And I was she was that. she was started messing with you
1: because when they changed it, so and I, I I winked at her when that happened. She was there with her husband, um, but she when Taylor when they finally switched it from NASCAR to UFC, she leans back in her chair and goes, "Oh, now I can't watch NASCAR. What is this shit?" Oh. and I. Died laughing because I saw Taylor look around like, "What is she trying?" And then she I didn't was like, "Know
0: where it came from?" Right. At first, and
1: then she started talking to you about how much she loved NASCAR, and she's dying on the inside laughing, and I'm yeah. dying on the inside laughing because I know what's going on, and for a good. I want to think
0: like it was at least 10 minutes. I was just drunk enough that I didn't know if she was serious or playing. And you, I didn't want to cross that line. You had
1: no idea that she was completely joking with you.
0: No, I didn't. I was just like buzzed and drunk enough that I didn't know if she was serious or not. And in and fi- I couldn't I couldn't figure out what side of the line to go on. And, here's, and I didn't want to cross the line.
1: I'm 100% positive of until this moment, you still didn't know that I had seen her laughing at the beginning of that conversation and when no. she left her and her husband finally left and you were still like do you think she was mad and I was dying inside because I knew yeah. this moment was gonna happen yeah she like, was a hundred percent messing oh, with you
0: good I was uh, that's like how whenever I get frustrated yeah. I block everything and everyone out. To where I'm not paying attention to anyone around me.
1: But that's and okay, so let's take that to the fight game. That's why with Peter Yan, when he was probably very frustrated with Aljo and the same thing,
0: it leaves you open for people to mess with you. And it's very entertaining to watch. Like I wanted Peter Yan to soccer kick Al Jermaine Star, like give it up, lose it. He would have lost his fighting card and his oh, dude, fighting they license. Ki- yeah, but he would have been kicked out, which I don't want to see. Because I think Peter Young is really talented and really, really good, but I would have liked nothing more than to see Aljamain Sterling get soccer kicked and not have a career anymore during the fourth and fifth round. Oh,
1: okay.
0: And I don't say that about hardly anyone. Now I'm glad. Part, I'm yes. glad that
1: he. I'm. I'm not glad that he won. I am. I think. he – I mean, if, if he was. If he was able to win it from the refs, then he earned it. However, now that he's won, he is still acting a fool talking trash on Dana, talking trash on people. Um, I, and and here's what I'm hoping happens is they're going to – he called out Dillashaw.
0: Dillashaw flipped him off as he deserved. And I'm really
1: hoping that um, Dillashaw goes in and takes his belt from him because I would I love to Dillashaw see Dillashaw with a belt.
0: is a style that can do it too with the Bulldog wrestler type. Yeah. More so than Peter Yon is. I think so too. So getting back on what he was saying on Dana White – um, Algermaine Sterling came out and said on a podcast that Dana White doesn't know how to judge fights. And this is based upon Dana White saying he thinks the judges got it wrong.
1: Like immediately after the fight. Immediately Dana, after the yeah. fight, Dana White says, Post fight interview. I disagree with the judges. Or post event interview. Dana is sitting there disagreeing with the judges. You mean?
0: Yeah. And Algermaine Sterling says, Dana White doesn't know how to judge a fight and doesn't know a great fighter when he sees one. I mean, if you want to talk trash
1: about your boss and expect good things, you're an idiot.
0: Shut the hell up, Aljo. This is one of the reasons why nobody wants to see you ever again. Like, nobody's a fan of him.
1: But here's the thing he's also, he has found himself in the advantageous position that people don't really want to find themselves in. He's the heel now, though. He's able to play the heel in such a good way now that his fights will actually get more traction.
0: Do you so, think Colby Covington's jealous of his position?
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But I don't think Aljo wants to be in that position. I think he's very yeah. confused at why people are booing him, and and it's just one of those things where it's like, dude, you if you lean into this, he could start hyping his fights, and if he finds a way to win, he could um, he could ride that. He could ride that to like so to putting butts in the seats and raising his profile.
0: Yeah, and he could. I don't want to see it. I think, so I really hope Dillashaw does happen. Um, If Peter Yawn won, uh, y'all have heard me say it before, I wanted a Dillashaw-Aldo to see who fought Peter Yawn. Yeah. But with Aljermaine Sterling technically winning, I want to see TJ Dillashaw up against that because he is a bulldog wrestler type who I think can neutralize a lot of what Aljermaine Sterling tries to do on the ground, if not turn that to advantage for him where I don't see Jose Aldo being able to do that. So I'm hoping it is TJ Dillashaw, and I hope it's about a three-month turnaround. We'll see.
1: I mean, we'll see. Uh, Yeah, hopefully.
0: I'm hoping a July or August card for this next fight. Um, Going back to Burns and Hamzat fight, Gilbert Burns or Hamzat, it's either Kamaru Usman or Colby Covington. I personally want to see him beat Covington, but... I wouldn't be surprised if he got knocked up to fight the title against Usman whenever Usman's ready to come back. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I personally would love to see a Hamzat Covington fight. Yeah. Same. Um, five round. And with Leon Edwards. So I think it is going to be Hamzat Covington for five rounds. And I think it's going to be Leon Edwards against Kamaru Usman for the title shot. But see,
1: that means that, so they would have to main event Colby Covington without a title and to get a five round fight out of them.
0: It's happened a lot.
1: I, has it? It's only for champions. Or he would co-main it. I don't think co-mains get five rounds. Co-mains get five. Okay, but have a Even they,
0: non-championship co-main gets five.
1: What's a non-championship co-main that's gotten five? I, I can't think of one. Nate
0: Diaz, Leon Edwards. Did they
1: go for, yeah, they did go for five rounds. Yeah.
0: It happens a lot. Um, Wait, but that. Was that a. Pay-per-view. That
1: wasn't a co-main. That was a main event.
0: No, that was co-main. What was co- who,
1: who was co-main with them?
0: Uh, Izzy and Vittori and Rose and Zhang Wei Li. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Three yeah. five rounders on okay. that card.
1: Good, good. Cause okay. yes, Back in July. But so, s- but still that means I want to see Hamzad in a five round fight.
0: Yeah. And I think there is, obviously it's not going to happen in July. It's going to take some time. I'm thinking October, November at the earliest. Um, and at that time, man, I don't know. There's so many title fights that got to happen that are going to happen between then. But I think it's going to be a single title fight night with Hamzat Covington being the big pool. So it's going to be a weaker title fight with Hamzat and Covington being the big pool on that card.
1: Yeah. Maybe we'll get like a, I don't know. We'll get something. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so on to the next fight. Alexander Volkanovsky versus the Korean, the Korean zombie.
0: zombie. Everyone leading into this thought it was just, I have to. Everyone thought Volk was going to come in and dominate. Um, I don't think there was a single person who thought Korean Zombie stood a chance. No. And he didn't. Volk came out and just showed he's at a different level. And Korean Zombie was the fourth ranked in that weight class.
1: Yeah. um, There's a lot of distance between the top three in that weight class and the next. There is.
0: Volk, Holloway, and Ortega are at a different level than everyone else. Yep. And this, man.
1: They need to get some new talent in there quick.
0: Because Volk's starting to run through that weight class. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Like, the only fight that really is feasible for Volk is Max Holloway. There's nobody else in that weight class who's proved it yet. You know, you have Bryce Mitchell at number nine, but... He has a lot to prove before then. Yeah. And they're they're running the risk of what John Jones did to the light heavyweight division.
1: Uh, Just runs through him and runs makes him all look what silly.
0: Anderson Silva did to the
1: middleweight class. I was watching a fight with John Jones. Oh, gosh. Who was it? Oh, John Jones, Chell Shonen. He needed him while they were on the ground.
0: Yeah, Shell deserved it.
1: But that's illegal. Like, that's an automatic...
0: Yeah. They took two points because Shell was able to continue. Oh. Algermaine Sterling. So the Al- I didn't
1: I didn't see I didn't see that happen though. I didn't even see them stop the fight.
0: Yeah, they took two points oh. for it at the end of the round. Um, and the reason why that didn't happen with Aljo Jan one is because algermain Sterling couldn't continue. No, that happened
1: with John. Uh, no, who did that happen with? Was that John Jones? Jones did do it. They didn't. No, there was someone they stopped the fight and they took two points, and that was. I think it was John Jones again, but I think it was someone else. Okay. But no, for this one. It wasn't
0: Chael. I know it was John Jones who had the two-point deduction. With Chael. For kneeing a downed opponent.
1: He was feeding him his fist and had him up against the cage. And then it was like as an extra. Like he didn't even need to knee him, but he did. And it never got called. And I was like, maybe it's because it was a knee to the body. But I still don't think you're allowed to knee to the body.
0: Yeah. Are you? You can knee to the body. If you're down, but it was you from can... the fr- it was
1: from the front though. Like that's yeah. the thing. Like he was so Chael was like sitting down against the cage, and John was like just feeding him his fist. And then John pulled up, and I thought at first it was a knee to the head, but it wasn't. It was a, I I think it landed on the body.
0: Yeah, you. Can but it was knee still from the front, and so I couldn't. You can tell. knee a body while they're down. You can't knee the head. The head's yeah, that's only right. off limit. That's
1: right, because they'll do side control and they'll sit there and land those knees and just land these okay. yeah. and pound the ribcage. Okay.
0: But yeah, so Volk—the only fight that's next for Volk that is even feasible that would even get any crowd pull is Max Holloway. That's it. Um, and I personally want to see it. Yeah, same. I mean, I, I want
1: to—I want to see it. Um, but I also want—I want to see him develop some new fighters in that weight class like they need to start bringing in some new talent they need to start building up that weight class because it's so thin
0: and I mean they have it so they have Arnold Allen who's up and coming they have Josh Emmett they have Bryce Mitchell they got Giga Chikadze who got outclassed by Calvin Guitar. but he he has the stuff he was just almost too fast of a rise because the weight class was weaker but I think Giga can do something Um, you got Sadiq Yusuf Dan Ige. um so there are some fighters in there that are up and coming. I really like Arnold Allen and Bryce Mitchell. Yeah. And I think Josh Emmett's really good too. It's just going to take time um, for these guys to continue to develop. I mean, Bryce Mitchell, he's 24, 25 years old. He's a young guy. Yeah. So there is that talent there. It's just going to take years to build up.
1: I just don't think anybody's going to take it from Volk. Like, I really don't. I think he's so strong right now that the only people that have a shot aren't going to be able to do it.
0: Yeah, that was solidified to me with the Brian Ortega fight. Oh, yeah. Whenever he fought out of that guillotine and the triangle in the same round. Yeah. That's whenever it solidified that, to me that he is going to retire the champ.
1: I mean, it very easily could happen. He doesn't act like he wants to retire. He definitely – No, he doesn't he's want ga- to retire. He's game, but- for a, he's game for a fight. And I will say this about Korean Zombie: speaking of game for a fight. Like the, the ref had to stop it because he was just—he didn't get knocked out. He was just dead on his feet. He like wasn't that fight,
0: fighting back.
1: That fight ended. He wasn't. Yeah.
0: He. He couldn't defend himself. Yeah. Not that he—he he was he so wasn't sh- physically. He was able so. shook. It's called
1: being dead on your feet. He was yeah. dead on his feet because he—he he was able to keep his hands up. He was able to quote unquote defend himself. His—he was tired. His reaction time was slow. And uh, I think Volk hit like two combos on him back-to-back, and that was enough for the ref to go, all right, this is over.
0: Like, and it was early in the fourth round, yeah, too. Yeah,
1: they said that they could have ended it in the third. third. Um, but nah, I mean, it's still the UFC. You got to let them fight. You got to let mm-hmm. them get out there and, and mix it up.
0: And um, it was to the point that Herb couldn't watch it anymore. And I think Volk, I mean, Volk was just, he wasn't going 100% either. He saw that he had him hurt. And was just tagging him, almost like sparring. I don't know,
1: man. Those those shots... He was landing. Those him. last those last two combos where he landed back-to-back looked like he was going 100%. Like, I don't think Volk was... I don't think he took his foot off the gas. I think that's why Herb Dean got gotcha. it.
0: See, it seemed like whenever we were watching that fight that Volk was just so dominant that he was almost treating it like a sparring session, but fully throwing. Like, I don't, I don't, it didn't look like Korean Zombie could do anything to Volk. Couldn't touch him. Couldn't do anything. No, he couldn't. And it's what everyone thought was happening. And like you said, I give him credit. He took the fight.
1: Yeah, he was game. Um, he was. And but he just doesn't. He's not that level. And he's old.
0: Yeah, he's old. He's past his prime. Yeah. And it was almost almost seemed like a thank you from Dana White for being that consistent in the UFC for as long as he was. Maybe. Um,
1: I don't. I don't know. The more I kind of look at it. Fights like that, though, I, I think it's just... I don't think Dana gets as emotionally involved as people think. I literally think he just goes, yeah, sure. Like, just, you know, this is this is who we wanted him to fight. It wasn't available to happen. Who wants it? And he throws it out there. He's like, hey, who wants a paycheck? And they jump at the chance of a paycheck. Because I think all this... I think a lot of people do add a little bit more conspiracy theory and drama to things that aren't real. When it's just like, look... Or this is just kind of how the card's fell like this is how you know and let's let people talk about it and they can make up their own stories but it it is what it is
0: yeah so that was ufc 273 um yeah awesome night um and also so
1: i'm i'm actually doing a marketing class and i'm doing the ufc for uh for our presentation and dude it's so painful Because I love everything I'm talking about, and I've got two girls in our – it's four people. Oh, no. There's one guy that doesn't show up and two girls that were like, um, we think that they should get – to improve the image, they should get rid of the ring girls, and they sh- there shouldn't be as much violence. And I was like, the age demographic is males 18 to 40. That's all – All they want. That's all they want. <laughs> like yeah. They, they want violence and hot chicks yeah. and beer. <laughs>
0: Straight up. And, and, and so I had out to – And I the guys – They yeah. wanted to – it's almost like they wanted to displease the women to give it a guy's night out vibe. Yeah. Well, and, and it's not the, like that. The, I mean, that's going way far. Extreme. So the, the
1: thing that I messed up on was like, I, I didn't present them the idea early enough to where I could explain what exactly like the angle was we were going to take on it. You see, my angle is that the UFC should, um, it's basically just keep doing what they're doing. Um, but with a, the only tweak would be to have um, public affairs classes for top level fighters. Like if you're a top five fighter, that means you're going to go through this training and this training is just going to be basically publicity training where you will get a, um, a publicity assistant who will work with you for a few weeks to show you some things you can do and show you some things to avoid and then also show you what that can do for you in the future. So you don't have events like Covington getting jumped outside of a
0: – Outside of a restaurant. Outside
1: of a restaurant. You don't have things where uh, – Or if you find yourself in a position like Cain Velasquez, there's more than just somebody willing to print T-shirts, but you actually could have like a, a, a political campaign attached to it so that something real can actually happen and you can be a part of that. Because, yes, the whole free Cain Velasquez thing – um, I think his defense attorney – the defense attorney for the guy he hit, um, I think they, they've they pled not guilty. And he's actually claimed that whatever it was that he was doing that prompted Kane to beat him. Almost kill him. Uh, he's he's claiming that it was – there was no way possible that it was him. And I, I think I'm – I would like to know more. Um, yeah. I never like to be on the side of someone who jumps to the judgment uh, and, and is part of the mob, but I doubt Cain Velasquez would try and beat a man to death over like some bullshit. Yeah. So anyways, exactly. so anyways, like, but that would, it would, it would give them the opportunity, like having a public affairs or a, a PR person, you know, just help coach them up, help coach up some of the older fighters on how to use their Twitter accounts, how to build their persona, kind of get Colby Covington under under the I don't know, under the uh, uh, the reins of someone who can tell him, hey, don't talk trash about someone's daughter, that's yeah. that's gonna hurt you in that's the long run. Long. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's look, over you, the can, line. you can promote better. Like here's a better way to do it. They're doing it in one way by just creating beef, because that's what they saw Connor do. But if you can show them look, not only will it help you get more attention, but it'll also keep the people that are already on your side from turning on you. Yeah. And that's going to make you, that's going to give you a stronger persona. And here's the success it can have in the future. That equals money for you in the future. So let's, let's get this going. Um, So that part of my, uh, the, the pretend marketing strategy that we have, that's one of them. Um, And I think the other ones were like increased, um, increased professionally done, promos for the fighters. Like if you get top five, then you have a team of, uh, like a production team. That's going to help you do your, like one or two videos on Instagram and Twitter. So instead of having all the stuff that you do for yourself, it's like, it's being provided for you.
0: Yeah. And I can see that. Um, cause a lot of these guys like that would sugar,
1: be awesome. sugar, sugar, Sean is great at he social can do media. He can do it himself. But a lot of these other dudes that didn't grow up in the U S they didn't grow up with social media. They don't really understand how to use it. So they just show like pictures of their family and it's like, that's cool. But
0: yeah, it's almost like uh Habib Nurmagomedov's, uh, say it, I had put say it again. That. I say stuttered. Again. Nurmagomedov. There you go. Habib Nurmagomedov's TikTok account that he has where it's Habib reacts. Yeah. He's watching videos and this dude doesn't react to anything. Yeah. Like there was one where this guy's out here boxing a grizzly bear or something. And he's just looking at it. Like he's watching a video like there's no personality being shown. Right. And I see that a lot of times with those top five fighters like you're talking about. Yeah. Where it could almost give us an inside scoop of them behind the scenes. Yeah. And it
1: gives them somebody to call if, let's say you're John Jones and you just got arrested for uh,
0: snatching being an your, idiot.
1: snatching your wife around, getting coked up and yeah. banging your head on a police car. You call that publicist and you go, hey, look, all this happened. And they go, okay, don't tweet anything don't sing it's gonna look petty it's gonna look like you're throwing a temper tantrum and they have the choice whether to listen to them or not and they might already have those people but if they don't they should um and what that does that helps protect the brand of the ufc um it also gives them it gives the fighters the option of going okay if i want to cultivate this public persona and maybe you know uh go into a pro wrestling career or an acting career or something in the public eye I haven't ruined all my social credit by trying to promote a fight that yeah it may have got me another $500,000 but expense, ruined my career yeah expen- expensive lifestyles have expensive tastes and if you want to continue to make that money you know maybe don't 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 go over the line to where the public legitimately just doesn't like you Cause there's plenty of fighters I won't even say their name because I don't want to do anything for them
0: yeah I agree.
1: And John Jones is telling that he's actually the fact that I'm talking about John Jones. um, I'm surprised because he's kind of one of those people.
0: Well, it's because he's a prime example that everybody knows the name. I think, and he's messed up way too much.
1: I think fighting in the UFC is a privilege and he's destroyed that privilege. So, Hey, McDonald's is hiring. Go work for them.
0: I agree. But no, that's a cool project. And it's kind of funny that you got grouped like that, but I mean that's, I think that's a perfect epitome of what the UFC is to everyone else. You know, well, you we know, love it, we watch it. So one of the girls, all the
1: time. one of the girls who's like very religious and hardcore Christian, um, she was one of the ones that was like, they shouldn't have ring girls. And I was like, you know who agrees with you? Uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov, a Russian uh, Muslim. Yeah. <laughs> he's like he's yeah. like from the nation of Islam, and he has his own league, um, and they don't have ring girls because he thinks that it's stupid. Yeah, and and she was like, oh neat, and I was like, oh okay, so we're.
0: So, yeah, we're creating, getting so we're creating, we're bridging the
1: gap a little bit. Look at that. Yeah, you know. Oh man, being being culturally sensitive.
0: I'm glad I'm not in school anymore and not dealing with a vast majority of a single demographic like you are. Dude,
1: it's rough, especially having my background. Like I have lived all over. I have, I have friends from every background you could possibly think of, except for like maybe a handful, and it's it's great. It gives you a lot of perspective on life. Um, but I, and I really enjoy, um, I mean, yeah, it's one of the things I enjoy about the UFC is seeing how those personalities come out, listening to the Colby Covington's of the world and going like, Oh, understanding that Colby is playing a role, but he's also in danger of doing that thing that performers and actors do is you commit too hard to the role. And then all of a sudden that role starts becoming part of your personality. And then you don't know how to shut it off because you don't really see a reason to, but there is a reason to. You need, yeah. you need to be an authentic person. Uh, I, I think one of the greatest things in the world is when someone is in the public eye and they're still an authentic person. I think very few people are able to pull that off. Um, and I think that that's one of the reasons why fame is such a monster is because it makes it so hard to break out of that role that you put for yourself in the public eye because you get success for getting this level of attention. And when I say success, I don't necessarily mean money. I just mean like the crowd kind of is a fan of it. They cheer you on for being this type of person. And it's hard to break that mold because I mean, that's the whole point of competing in front of a crowd is you want to get them to cheer. You want them on their feet. You know, you want that pop whenever Hamzat and Gilbert Burns, the fight's over and the I was aware of the fact that like while I was clapping, I was aware of the fact they can't hear me. And I was like, no, like there's something inside us. That's just like clapping is appropriate right now. Like they earned that. Even if they can't feel the love, maybe they can because they just did something that was amazing.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. But so that's interesting. If it is Hamza and Colby, do you think Colby doubles down? Oh yeah. Personal Absolutely. And tries to do that, or do you Absolutely. think he knows enough about the Eastern European Eastern Orthodox to not go after he Family? He
1: won't go after him for being Muslim.
0: No. And I get that. Because he
1: did he did that already and there were some Russian dude there were some Russian dudes that met him outside of a bar and they were like, Hey, you need to get on camera and tell us what you think about Muslims. And Kobe was like, I love Muslim. Cause he'd been talking trash yeah. about him for being Muslim. And he was like, I love him, man. I'm friends with everybody. And then he was just like very, very much let that persona drop. But he's also been on a few podcasts where he had that persona up. And mm-hmm. I, I just, I think it's, it's a lot, he'll be a lot better off on the long run if he's authentic.
0: No, I agree. We've, We've both agreed on that yeah. the entire time. Um, I'm just curious to see if it, if Covington even begins to bring Hamzat's family into it.
1: I don't think he'll bring his family into it. Um, because if he does, I think he's
0: crossing the line, and he will get hurt.
1: He is he is going to talk as much trash as possible. Um, and I think Hamzat. I'm hoping. He's not because Hamzat's so reactive because he's so young. I'm hoping he doesn't engage. I'm hoping he just steps away and then he's able to
0: But could put you it, imagine put it to the hype that's gonna happen if they do engage and it is a fiery face off and weigh in leading into the fight.
1: Oh, there's no way there's not they're not touching like face off, they're they're shoving. Yeah. Colby's shoving.
0: Yeah, and Hamzot's slapping. Yeah. Or yeah 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 yeah. Like, like they're they're going to have to tackle both of them. They get separated, have two security teams there.
1: Dude, how amazing is Hamzat the fact that he's able to come in and create this kind of pop and this kind of hype for all of his fights?
0: Well, that's what happens whenever you are that dominant and you make a 11 to 2 jump and you do the damn thing. He picked up a guy
1: and slammed him down to get Dana's attention. He yeah. picked, him up picked him up and said, started, Dana, talking watch to, this. started talking to started talking to Dana. Like, yeah, yeah. Said, "Hey, Uncle Dana, watch this!" Slammed him to the ground, choked him out. Like, yeah. who
0: is this guy? He's sitting on a cage, on top of the cage. Whenever the number two, he's a wild man. fighter. He's a wild man in the world. Comes out. Yeah. Like, I I love him. I was a big fan. I. Like I said before, I think Gilbert Burns was getting extremely overlooked in that fight. And I thought Gilbert Burns had the technical skills to win that, and he very well could have won it. But man, it was all there. Yeah. Like, it was all there. They phenomenal show. Hamza is that dude, and it makes me want him to fight right now. Oh, yeah. Like, I yeah. want to see him fight right now. Dude, he was
1: in the gym the next day. Yeah, he was. There were, there were Instagram posts of him, like, in the gym. Like, I don't think he was working out hard, but, you know. Oh, working out hard. So, the, the other thing that they should do is not, like, signature, um like, jiu moves or workouts. But, like, if the fighters would do, like, small tutorials on basics, like, very technical basics as far as how to throw a jab, how to defend a takedown, yeah. this, that, and the other. Like, that would be something that would get people very... And get
0: audiences more bought in. Yeah.
1: Because mm-hmm. I follow, too, I don't know how many fighters I follow on Instagram, Twitter, and um, do they
0: have YouTube pages? I think... Some of them do. Some of them do. Yeah. It's rare. Like, Sugar Sean has a YouTube page, but it's more so comedy at his house in Arizona.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, but but elevating their profile, uh, like elevating their social media profile, um, up, you know, once they and you know, hey, screw it, say top ten. Once they get to the top ten, we we'll, they the UFC provides for them something that's going to give them something professional to put out on their personal accounts, mm-hmm. and that way you're you're branching out, you're creating more brand loyalty for the already the fans, and it's giving them something to so, something to show their friends and go, hey, look, see this fighter. He, You know, instead of them kind of
0: having to do everything all on their own. Yeah. And Volk's very underrated in social media as well. He has a really good Instagram page, really good uh, TikTok page as well. Yeah. And he's killing it, but I love Volk. Um, So, in other news, Mm -hmm. we're a very pro fighter pod here. Yes, we are. Very pro Chris Curtis pod. Yes, we are. And as you know, we were heartbroken whenever his... Wrist got folded like a picnic chair, like he said. Yeah. And he had to pull out a 273. But he just got confirmed and signed on to fight in June on a card against Rodolfo Vera. It's going to be a really tough fight. Vera's really tough. Nice. But Chris Curtis is winning it by knockout. Yes. Yes, Every time. Yes, he is. Just wanted to bring you that news after last week, whenever I may or may not have disappointed you. But (laughs) Chris Curtis is back in the octagon as soon as he could. Just like we thought he would. Well,
1: you told me last minute because you wanted to see my face.
0: I did. Just like yeah. the whole running joke with the NASCAR from B-Dubs. Yeah, that was worth it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, if anybody out there is listening wants to see uh, all the stuff that we text each other, post about UFC stuff, go follow us at Panhandle Fight Club. No, Panhandle Fight, fight talk. talk. Yeah, the Fight Club we don't talk about yeah um because that's, that's the first rule
0: different podcast it doesn't get posted yeah
1: uh but yeah go go follow us at panhandle fight talk and uh you can comment you can talk you can um tell us that you think you know who you agree with the most or who you think should uh go back to school and learn a little bit about the ufc um but yeah just leave us comments we yeah. love to hear from y'all
0: so we did have that same person listen from durant awesome um and I looked it up while you were talking about your marketing class. Oh yeah, we had a listen from Philadelphia. Dude, really? Maybe a bot. Okay, but I'll take the bot on my side. <laughs> shout, shout out, <laughs> shout to, out, bot. Shout out to Philly. Yeah, if you aren't a bot, yeah. roast me on the Instagram page. Like, yep. let's go. Yep, Panhandle Fight Talk.
1: Yeah, check out our Instagram. We'll uh, start a Twitter at some point. Yeah, um, we'll get, know, get this going and live tweet during fights. We'll talk trash to each other. Yeah, uh, cheer on our favorite. And uh, you know, give us your opinions. We want to hear from you.
0: Yeah, let us know who your favorites are. And I why. think at
1: some point we're actually going to get a call-in ability. Like we have the ability. We have to the ability. Them. Yeah. We, we just, just
0: need somebody who's willing. Well, and
1: we also need to like try it out and get people to do it. Like I don't want to. I don't want the. I don't want the first time we try it out to be on a pod or just like let's see if this works,
0: dude. Why not? That's what we've been doing this entire time for almost a year now. But we that that also it's means been like, trying it out. And that's going, true. But here we go. First time you're dealing with it. But here we fair. go.
1: But we need to. We also need to try out a live broadcast.
0: Yeah, and we have that capability. Okay. Now with our mics and everything else, we can go live. Um, so if we want, that'll to... take that'll take us creating a YouTube channel, getting a little webcam posted up, so okay. that way you can see us.
1: Okay. And I have a webcam. Let's do it. Like an external, better yeah. than the one on your laptop webcam. Yeah. So at some point we will do a live. Uh, we'll do a live broadcast. We'll tweet out right before we start we'll insta live while yeah, we're doing we'll it
0: we'll do the instagram live and youtube live you can do it all at once um we'll get digging and we'll get that happening
1: it's gonna it's gonna be like that <laughs> it's gonna be like paying uh like a couple thousand dollars for an awesome smartphone and then find out nobody ever calls you <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be those guys. who are just like, all right, you everybody, we're live. Let's go. I and will get us some. Nothing pity happens.
0: It may be from uh, my own iPhone, but I'll get us pity. Dude, views. we're gonna to
1: have to call like our Bible study group and be like, "Can you guys please call us?"
0: Yeah, call <laughs> us. Um, I'll get my buddy to if it down four, in Austin or Fort Worth.
1: If there's four or five girls who know nothing about the UFC that start giving us phone calls and asking us stupid questions. That's exactly what has just happened is one of us has texted our, our study, our Bible study group and been like, please save us. It's dead air. And they're going to call up and ask like just the most inane questions. Yeah,
0: so, exactly.
1: So enjoy it. Yeah. It'll you, be here. you, you people out in Philly and you person, out and Lubbock in and Durant, Lubbock and Durant. We love all of you. Yeah. Actually, sure. I, I think we should just be friends.
0: Friend zoning already. Yeah, well, I haven't hmm. even met him. In you That's very
1: unapproachable. Well, this is Texas. I believe in building a wall.
0: You, wow. In other news, we have a pretty good fight night this Saturday. Um, yes, we do. We have the return of Chris Barnett to the heavyweight rank. Yes, sir. Um, he's coming back. He's prelims because, to be honest, he's not ranked. I don't think he will be ranked. No. That one knockout alone at Madison Square Garden Got me watching every fight of his now. Yep. So he's on the prelims. And then main card. I hope he opens with that wheel kick. The wheel. He's M got the, the wheel kick. Put the H before the W. Wheel kick. Yeah. Um, the main event on this one is Vicente Luque and Bilal Muhammad. It's number five against number six in the welterweight class. Yeah. Uh, Vicente Luque is very good. Who was Vicente Luque's last fight? Let me get there. Um, I feel like I
1: it was notable for some reason.
0: So he was the backup fighter for uh, the covington Uzman title fight. Yeah. Okay. He was that backup fighter yeah, for yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Bilal Muhammad's been a glow up. He's been coming up in this weight class. Mm-hmm. And he looks very good. Um, I, I'm 50-50 on if I like him or not. Mm-hmm. I like him in the ring. He does a lot of announcing, like post-fight shows, stuff like that, where I'm not so much a fan. Yeah. Um, But Bilal Muhammad is really good. So Vicente Luque's last fight was against Michael Chiesa, August 7th of 2021, where he completely outworked, outclassed Chiesa, got a first-round submission. Um, Okay. He fought Tyron Woodley, got a first-round submission in that back in March. (coughs) Get some. Uh, Sorry. Let's go. Uh, got a first round submission on Tyron Woodley back in March of 2021. Beat uh, Brown with a knockout. So one thing about Vicente Luque is he does has he has a world class ground game, but he has hands, and people his hands are very underrated, and he can deliver a knockout. Okay, Bilal Muhammad is a really good all around fighter. Bilal Muhammad's last fight was against Wonder Boy, where he took Wonder Boy to the ground. He at least attempted submissions while he was on the ground, and, yeah, he, he, controlled and he controlled and controlled Wonder Boy for three rounds. Yeah, on that. So um, this is going to be a really good fight, and it's going to be a prove it fight for Belal Muhammad. Does he belong in the upper echelon of the welterweights? I'm not saying he belongs with the Gilbert Burns, or a Hamzat, or a Kamaru, or a Colby. Vicente Luque doesn't belong there either. Yeah. But this is one of those kind of can you potentially get there for Blah Muhammad?
1: Hopefully, it gets exciting. Um, man, I, I just sometimes these fights go really well because somebody shows up to fight, and sometimes they show up just to kind of see what happens. And the only thing that made me think of that was Wonder Boy. Like I liked Wonder Boy, but man, he's he's not an exciting fighter anymore.
0: Well, they found him out, and he didn't. He wasn't able to adapt. Right. So, um, so.
1: we'll see. Hopefully, it's good.
0: Yeah, and we have a. Another fight to kind of watch out for is a featherweight bout between Pat Sabatini and TJ Laramie. These are little 125ers. But Pat Sabatini is an up-and-comer into this featherweight weight class. So is TJ. They are both unranked, but this is going to be a phenomenal fight to watch. So keep your eye out on that one.
1: Yep, hopefully they come out hungry.
0: And they will. Um, If any of their previous fights I've seen prove anything, they have come out hungry on that. But, yeah, so that's what we have next week. Uh, The week after that is a very underwhelming card. It's Amanda Lumos against Jessica Andrade. Um, Clay Guida's on that card, but that's about it. So, we're leading into that, and yeah. Dude, that dog just keeps barking. Yeah, we have a dog, like, right outside the apartment that keeps barking. I don't know if somebody's, like, knocking on the the door. I think it's
1: the next-door neighbor.
0: Yeah, maybe that, maybe the dog hears us and is barking at us, saying it's about time to get off the mic.
1: That, no, the next door neighbor came over, like, knocked on our door one time and was like, hey, can you guys keep it down? And in my head, I was just like, what? <laughs> <I'm> like, Are <laughs> just you ser- blow up on him. Are you serious? <laughs> like, what? I was, yeah, but I, I didn't. Drop a stone cold on him? No, no. I was very polite. There you go. Good West Texas. Yep. But that's all I got. All right. I mean,
0: I'm I'm good. Yeah. So until next time, I'm Taylor Edmondson, and I am Paul Torres, and we are.